0: when we start talking to people about, you know, find your passion, find your dream job. I think we're, we're setting the bar. It's not even too high. I think it's unrealistic. It's like looking for perfection. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it, what it means to find your dream job. I know what it means more to find something that really is satisfying and meaningful. And yet I know that that could change in five or 10 years. So when we start talking in absolutes and ideals, I think we're we're trying to reach for something that might be unattainable. Mm. So I just, I don't like to talk in big flowery words in that way. Welcome to
1: the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. Hey there, it's Michelle Lamoureux, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach podcast. I'm so thrilled to have on today's guest, Tammy Guler Loeb, who is the author of the recently released book, Work From the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles, and Design a Career That Fulfills You. I think a lot of people right now are struggling with career transitions or figuring out what they want to do, and Tammy has decades of experience in this area. She's a career and executive coach who helps people pursue meaningful and fulfilling work, which is what we focus on on the show, doing work of meaning and being true to yourself. And Tammy also consults and speaks on career satisfaction, leadership development, effective workplace, communication, and networking strategies. Tammy has enjoyed working with clients and companies across a wide range of industries and sectors for over two Decades. She's also the host of a weekly pod- podcast called Work from the Inside Out, where she showcases the inspiring stories of people who made a variety of professional transitions to more satisfying and fulfilling work over the course of their careers. And I'm so happy to have you on today, Tammy, to talk about creating work of meaning and that's fulfilling, because I think yeah. we all desire that. So welcome. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Michelle. It's great to ha- be here. Talk to us
1: about what it means working from the inside out. Like, What does that mean to you?
0: What it means to me is, is that when you make decisions about what you're doing for work or the choices you're making about your profession, your career, and there's a lot of different words you can use around that that, that you're making those decisions from a more you know, heartfelt internal place, it doesn't mean that you're not using your head in the process, Yes, but you're listening to that, you know, sort of, you could call it your gut instinct or your inner voice. You're not just making those decisions from those external messages or external uh, inputs. For example, it could be the voice of your parents growing up telling you, you ought to go in a certain direction professionally or perhaps you had a well-intentioned teacher or guidance counselor or professor who encouraged you to go in a particular direction or perhaps you know you were raised to believe that making a lot of money was important and so you you are pushing yourself towards a profession where you know the income is very high there's a lot of external elements that can drive somebody towards a particular line of work and so I say start with what's inside of you what really what really leaves you feeling like you are at home with yourself Mm. and I think oftentimes we we lose our sense of that Um, but at the same time we often or or At times, maybe not often, but there are those moments where we've all had that moment where we say, you know, I kind of knew this already, but I wasn't listening to my gut instincts or I wasn't listening to my intuition or I wasn't listening to that little conversation I was having in my head because I was so busy reaching out for that bright, shiny bit out there or trying to impress somebody we're trying to make all these other people happy. And and I would say don't, you know, don't make yourself wrong for having done all of that. Mm-hmm. But inside out what that means is you really are listening and following through on what that internal part of you is speaking to.
1: Mm. So much of what we talk about on the show is listening to those inner whispers and I showcase stories of women who have done that and really come up with unique jobs for themselves, their own careers, their own um, companies that nobody else is doing. There was no roadmap for that, Mm -hmm. but it's not always easy. Like you said, oftentimes we aren't hearing it. So I'd love to talk about how to get connected to that, you know, based Mm -hmm. on your decades, two decades of working Mm -hmm. with, with people and Mm -hmm. these, you know, all the research that you've done. How does somebody get in touch with that voice in your a, experience?
0: Yeah. That's a great question. So there's a number of different things you can do to get in touch with that. Um, one of the things that I tell people is if if you're really in that quandary where you're, you're sort of, you got that big light bulb lighting up over your head saying, uh, or it's not lighting up, right? And you're saying, I don't know. Mm. Well, I would say don't do it alone. Don't think you're going to figure it all out yourself. And and I'm not I'm not saying oh go hire a coach, although hiring a coach would be a great thing to do. Oh, yes. Um because coaches are skilled, many of them are skilled to help you start to do that exploration and figure it out. Or buy my book. <laughs> you know, there's there are a lot of resources out there. Um but Let's say, let's go to to some more practical uh, or uh, tactical ideas. So, for example, one of the exercises that I do with my clients is when when they're not sure, I say to them, just go through some of the um, job descriptions you see online, because that's usually when people start to look for jobs, they think that they're going to find all the jobs online. And we know that's not where all the jobs are but you will find a lot of postings. So I say, just start looking through the postings and see what jumps out at you, what mm. appeals to you. Don't. It's not about where it's located or, or that it's realistic that you're gonna apply for it. We're not looking for that. We're just looking for what really sort of jumps off the screen at you. Maybe you even print it out and then look through it and highlight or circle any phrases Or words that really just grab you. What resonates? Look for the things that resonate and then bring them back and we'll talk them through. Mm. And so that's that's one exercise that seems to help people start to zero in on the kinds of things that they might really, truly enjoy doing for work. Um, And it gives it just it gives them a way of reflecting on who they are and how they might want to be at work. It may not it may or may not give them an idea of exactly what they want to do, but I think that it's important to think about how do I want to feel throughout the day at work. How do I how do I want to operate throughout my day? Um, do I want to sit at a desk? Do I want to work from home? What would be A really ideal day in terms of who I am as a person first. Um, So there's a lot of different ways to think about that. The other thing that that I've suggested people do is think about uh, when you go to a bookstore. Now, those are becoming few and far between, but most of us have been to bookstores. What's the first section of the bookstore you usually go to? Or when you open up the newspaper, what's the first section you read? Now you might say, "Well, the first section I read are the comics. Well, I don't want to be a you know I don't want to be a cartoonist <laughs> or I don't want to be a comedian." That's okay, but notice what is it about that that appeals to you? Maybe it's something lighthearted. Maybe it's a particular uh, cartoonist or a particular comic that you are, are attracted to. But there's a lot of ways to unpack that information and learn something about yourself. And the whole point of these exercises is to learn more, get to know yourself without feeling like you've got to find the it thing that quickly. You need to let it, you know, as you do these exercises, you have to let them marinate for a little while because what I tell people to do, especially with the job descriptions, is put it down and then see what might just even pop into your head for a couple of days after that, because things will, mm-hmm. they will. Once, you, once you've got your consciousness just even thinking about these things, the brain is an amazing organ and it will be processing even when you're not actually doing the exercise. And then maybe pick up those things a couple of days later or even look at some other job descriptions and see what else appeals to you. Because you'll find that some of the things you highlighted before you realize, oh, no, no, actually, I I don't really like that that much. I was just telling myself I should do that. And I always say, if you tell yourself you should, you know you're going in the wrong direction because nothing should be a should. Um, Other than that, we all should take care of ourselves and make a living, right? (laughs) Right. So those are just some ideas of, of ways that people can start to get to know themselves better and understand who they are or who they want to be at work.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's an invitation to create the space and allow, like you said, even when you're now, you're not looking at the job descriptions or you're not thinking about what appealed to you in the paper or walking into that bookstore, but your mind, your subconscious mind is working on those things. And you know it gives it permission to like, Keep bringing you the information. And also mm-hmm. it means now that you are paying attention maybe to that voice that had been speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think that that's mm-hmm. great. Sometimes I say, I'm curious what your thoughts on this, like pay attention to whose job you're envious of when mm-hmm. you look at that person, like what they're doing and you think, gosh, yeah. I would love to do that. Right. That's yeah. more data. It's just more data.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That That's an excellent point. And I also think another way to even sort of trigger your own thinking is to talk to other people about what they do.
1: Mm.
0: Even if you aren't interested in exactly what they do, if you know other people who enjoy what they do for work, have a conversation with them and ask them, tell me more about what you do and why you like it. It, That's the piece that I think is always the clincher is, When you meet people who like what they do, Mm. find out about that slice of it because most people who are happy and content or engaged at work, it's so much more about the culture and the climate and the, the environment they're in, the people they work with than it is about the actual tasks that they're performing day to day. Yeah. And it's far more about the other elements of the situation. You know, we, we also know that when, when people leave a job, they're all often leaving a boss or an organizational culture rather than leaving or, the job itself. Yes, that's actually you a know?
1: really important point. That's true. Yeah. You could get a new manager, a new boss, have loved your job, and now you hate it.
0: Yeah. Or or think about, you know, when pe- when people go through mergers and acquisitions and maybe they they are kept on in their role, but yes. so many other things around them change. It's not the same environment anymore. Yeah. And the job may be the same, but nothing else is the same. And it's it it just the context has changed completely yeah. and it's not enjoyable anymore.
1: No. So yeah. It can be so draining. Well, I'm curious that, you know, if you're working with a client and they really are just, they're not happy in their jobs, and they do want to make a transition. Um, do you, I'm sure it's very individual, like an yeah. individualized approach. You know, some mm-hmm. people might have the financial security to just take the time and explore, but generally speaking, do you advise that they Keep going and do these exercises and gain more clarity before they jump. Though, if like if someone were coming to you, what you know, what what do you, what would you advise
0: as a coach? First and foremost, but I also do consult to some degree, and I engage with my clients in a in what I would call a thinking partnership. So, okay. if a client comes to me and they are, some of my clients are in situations, let's say, where they are feeling traumatized by their work situation. Mm. I mean, they, are, they have a, a, a boss who's a bully or they're mm. in a very toxic work environment. And even though I would say, in general, you're always better off looking for your next job while you are still employed, Yes, there are circumstances under which you are better off from a mental health perspective leaving a situation because it's doing so much damage yes you need time to heal from that in order to even put your best foot forward in a job search yeah and i've seen that over and over and over again um or i've seen people who end up leaving a job because they've either been laid off or they've been treated poorly in some way and they're not ready to look for another job yet And Hopefully, they have some financial resources to maintain themselves for a while, because they are really I, I've seen it many times. i i my earlier career was in the mental health field, and i I know trauma when I see it. I know depression when I see it. i'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not a licensed mental health professional, but I understand enough about it to see how these things play out. And I see when people need other kinds of help, to work through some of this before they're going to feel good enough about themselves to really get back into a real professional situation where they're going to be feeling good about themselves. It's, it can be really tough. Yeah. Really tough. So, so there's not one answer to your question because it, it depends on what, under what circumstances are they trying to leave? I would say, you know, that again, Definitely try to hang in there if you can, but if you are really unhappy and you're willing to risk, you know, having to explain to people why you're not working at that moment or to come up with some other ideas, you know, so what some people do is they fill in the gaps with, you know, quote unquote consulting. Yeah. A lot of people see right through that, unless you actually are indeed picking up some consulting work, which yeah. I would say, yes, why don't you? Yes. So that you can maybe even have a reference from that work. Um, that said, during COVID, there have been lots of people who have huge gaps in their employment because of COVID. Yeah. And I'd like to think that there are more and more employers out there who are being somewhat more compassionate and understanding yeah. about the gaps that people have in their employment.
1: For sure. I, I I really appreciate what you just shared and the sensitivity that you're, you know, you're bringing in the awareness of just, you're right, some people are traumatized in their work situation oh. or just completely depressed. And it's just getting there is just so painful and being there is even more painful. So yeah. I understand.
0: Yeah it's, yeah. it's For some people, it's it's really... It's like a PTSD kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah.
1: I sometimes equate um, work to relationships. You know,
0: absolutely.
1: Right. If you're, you had this lovely relationship and then the person changes and it goes sour, but you, it used to feel good, but it doesn't anymore. You know, there's all these sort of parallels. Or before you get to go find that next job, you have to build yourself back up. Before you get into that next relationship, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. So I think that's interesting.
0: I totally agree. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, you talked about um, in the very beginning of the interview this idea of like listening to your gut and your intuition. I, I love exploring intuition. How does it speak to you specifically, Tammy? And mm-hmm. are there any exercises that people can do to uh, invite in that knowing if they're just like totally mm-hmm. clueless? Like they just have no <laughs> idea. Not that they're clueless, they have no idea. Which direction to go? Like
0: they're just lost and really Mm -hmm. struggling. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, one thing that I would recommend is, and and this is, I think this is hard uh, for some people, but I think that one way to try to get in touch with that is probably to change up your routine a little bit and, or take, even take, A day or part of a day to yourself and allow yourself some change your pace a little bit slow down a little bit even have some quiet time you know there are especially in 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 the u.s we are so used to just going 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 we we are busy just for the sake of being busy (laughs) and we can get busy with with nothing. We can be busy doing nothing. It reminds me of like a Seinfeld episode, right? <laughs> yes. You know, let's be busy doing nothing. And, <laughs> and it's easy to fall into that. I fall into that sometimes. Sure. And um, and yet if we would just slow down and take a few deep breaths, and I don't mean, I, I'm not even trying to tell people to meditate. I mean, of course, mindfulness practices meditation all those things definitely do work to help people connect with themselves in that way i absolutely would recommend that if you you know have a smartphone which many people do yes you know put put one of the apps there's great apps where you could you could start very very slowly with um for example um you could start with one of those apps. Um, one of them is called Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another Insight one.
1: Timer, and that's Insight free. Insight Timer, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. Insight
0: Timer is free, right? Yeah, and, well, paid you know, and free, but there's free right, stuff on there, so you can right, start there free. Right, yeah, um, and you know, try something different like that, where you have to slow down. Notice your breathing and get quiet. You have to get quiet within yourself a little bit Mm. to even listen to that. And think about also, I'm trying to think of a reference point for people who might be in that sort of clueless space. And I would say that think about a time when you've been on vacation, when you really have slowed down, or you've just taken a moment to just stop and look around and. Maybe you have taken that deep breath and you've just said, wow, I, I really appreciate this moment or look at that you know, beautiful landscape I'm looking at. And most of us have had the opportunity, even for a moment, to just appreciate our surroundings, to be present in that way. Um, that's the kind of thing that uh, I think um, gets you started in that direction. Where you are connecting with another part of yourself. We all have intuition. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. But I think some of us have an easier time accessing it than others, and um, I think that's just the way some of us are built. Yeah. So that I think that's that's just a natural thing. But it, it is something that once you access it, you can get information and answers. That will take you in some very important directions. I I reflect also on um, Malcolm Gladwell's book *Blink*, where he talks about these kinds of things. He talks about listening to your you know your gut instincts, the those quick decisions that we make where we don't even know where some of our thoughts just came from, and we just. Almost almost like being impulsive. Yes. But yet you know it comes from a place that just feels right. So think about those moments when when you did something that just felt right, like you, you feel like your two feet are firmly planted on the ground. Yes. You know? Love it. Just that kind of groundedness. We've all had those moments. So you have to kind of take yourself to those moments and those places. But you have to slow down to do that. I love it. And, and you're right. And so we there don't is like an intentional to. piece, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're right. Yeah. There's, and you know, even what we were talking about before, there's no quick fixes to any of this stuff.
0: Absolutely not. And and you asked me earlier about my own experience with it. And I would say you just hit the nail on the head. And that is whenever I have really accessed my, you know, I would say my inner voice and did something a little more let's say, that felt um, like a real, I don't know, a risk or something very exciting but scary to me at the same time, Yes, it it required a lot of patience on my part. And I had to be very deliberate. And yet, at the same time, I could feel it almost in my bones that mm. it was the right thing to do. It was almost a little bit of a jittery feeling. And yet, I knew that I had to try This one thing or this other thing, um, even to the point where I, you know, had to push away my instincts about other things that were really just more kind of default habits of mine, yes, yep, so that I could really see my way through to something that I knew was really a good, you know, sort of new opportunity. And that, that actually, every time I did that in my life, it always took me. To a place that I needed to go.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to resonate for people. I think you're right. We all have access to intuition. It's Mm not, you know, and some of us do either maybe hear it better or trust it more because we've had enough experience with it to know that even though our logical mind is telling us no, trusting that inner knowing has always steered us in the right direction. Right. Um, So I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's so important for everyone to be listening because this is really about how you get to that meaningful. In fulfilling work. It's really about this. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I know that you talk about in your book that really holds people back
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is fear. Mm. So, talk to us about how to navigate the fear of, you know, you said, even with the great resignation, that most people aren't that risky, that they're just going to up and quit their jobs. I think you're right about that. We have a lot Mm -hmm. of fear and anxiety around making change. Mm -hmm. So, um, any uh, advice? um you can give us on mat- navigating fear
0: yeah well fear comes from a number of places and it can you know the first chapter in the book is called fear friend or foe yes so fear can be both things so the scenario i just described out of my own experience yes fear was was kind of my friend because i acknowledged it but i also allowed the the sort of fearful energy that 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 was exciting you know it was kind yes. of you know, I was riding this wave of excitement. Um, that was that was fear, though. It was yeah. definitely fear. Yeah. Um, so that was the friend. The foe is when you're so afraid that you get paralyzed, and then you do nothing. So you hear yeah. the expression, you know, better to deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And basically, what you're going to get is what you already have. So the way I think about how to deal with fear is. To really take a look in the mirror and ask yourself, um, you know, do I really, do I really want to leave things as they are right now? Yeah. Um, Have a conversation with yourself. There are a number of reasons why people are afraid. They tell themselves something's going to happen. You know, if I do this, this thing or that thing's going to happen. Right. So I say, Okay so you have a crystal ball you know what's going to happen so stop yourself you have to notice what's talking to you when your fear is talking to you so you, so there is this really big element of self awareness around fear notice what what the messages are that you're sending yourself a lot of times i think the first thing that shows up around fear is kind of this all or nothing thinking it's like well i either do this or that and it's very you know it's very black and white there's no there's no compromising and so notice when you're just thinking it's either one thing or another yes up and ask yourself are there any other possibilities here because that will help to start to unpack the fear a little bit it'll give it a little less power if you give the fear a lot of power you will end up being kind of paralyzed and you'll feel stuck. And you will stay stuck. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. doesn't feel good. And no. people feel better when they're growing, even if mistakes happen, even if things don't go as you expected, because guess what? Life is full of things that we don't expect.
1: Ab- absolutely. <laughs> and that pan- the pandemic really highlighted that for all of us. And it
0: still is, and right? Sadly, unfortunately,
1: yes, it's still ongoing yeah. Well, I'm wondering what if you know there's people who listen to the show who may have uh, opted out of work to raise a family or mm-hmm. whatever and they're in a place where they want to re-engage. Mm-hmm. I know in the, the book you talk about you know some of the current concerns people feel is that oh, it's too late for them to begin something new or or make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice or you know questions do you give to help somebody reframe? this feeling that they can't do something so that they can get into action because action is so key. Right. Once you've done that deep, a little bit of that deeper work and know that you want
0: to go, go, you know, re-engage again. Right. So, so I think the first step, what you're saying is once they realize that maybe it is possible, right? So they've already gone beyond the all or nothing. It's not possible thinking. So, First of all, if, if it's, for example, someone who's been home raising a family, there's a lot of different options. First of all, think about what have you been doing other than raising a family during this time? Chances are a lot of people have gotten involved with volunteer work, other activities. They think those things don't count. They do count. Um, don't discount other activities you've been engaged in. I would also say start talking to people who you know may have already done this before you and Mm. find out what they've done. There are also a lot of organizations out there that want to work with or help people who are returning to the workforce. There are also companies out there that now have programs called returnships. So Mm. they're kind of like adult internships. we have never they do heard that. Pay you returnships? Returnships, yeah. Hmm. So there are companies that have that. There are also um, specific um, search firms that that specialize in working with or work with people who are returning to the workforce after having taken some time away from working outside the home. Right. You know, and I always say, if you're staying home with children, that's, that's work. Yes. That is real. <laughs> that is work. Yeah. Um, and I, I really emphasize that because I think that um, there's, there's a, there's, that's a, you're a project manager. You're a mental health counselor. Chief you're a operating teacher, officer. You are everything. Yeah. And um, don't discount all that experience. I understand that there may be, it may be difficult to put that all on a resume, but um, I think that we live in a time where there are more and more um, employers who can appreciate some of that experience. Now, mm-hmm. if, for example, you're trying to go back to a field that you were in and you haven't stayed you know, or kept pace with that, like you know, if you were in a technical field, you definitely have to make sure that you... Um, you know, get up to date on certain things. And there's lots of ways to do that as well. Sure. So there's lots of free courses online. I mean, university courses, everything. There's, um, it's amazing what's what's available out there. I will say that in the back of my book, there's a resources section and there's a lot of information there that will either tell you about those exact resources or the resources there will take you to the places where you can learn about more resources that will give you the, this kind of information. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if you keep digging, you will find places that will help you with these kinds of things.
1: Yeah. And you're right. I mean, we're so fortunate. We're a Google search away from so much information or like you said, listening to this podcast or getting yeah. your book You know, with mm-hmm. a resource section that you've cultivated for mm-hmm. somebody who's in this exact Um, position. Let me ask, how do you know, how does someone know if they're on the right path? I know this isn't exactly what you talk about in the book, but I was thinking about this, you know, if you, um, like, how long should someone continue to pursue? Because can can the pursuit itself become the job without ever launching? Do you know what I'm saying? thats
0: ai love that question because a lot of people worry about that. Yeah, And I think you're, you're going to love my answer. It depends. <laughs> and it really does. So part of that really depends on a few factors. How do you know you're on the right path? And then how long does it take, right? So how do you know if you're on the right path? That's, that's a conversation you have to have with yourself. Or, a conversation you need to have with if you're working with a coach, if you're, you know, have uh confidants or trusted individuals, you can roll that around with them and and see where you land with that. Does it does it feel right? I mean, it's really a matter of does it feel right? Yep. Um, do, do you feel that the path you're on is going to get you where you want to be? Are you? you know, maybe you have a checklist. Are you going to be able to check off all the boxes you want to check off or at least some of the boxes? Yeah. You know, and are those the things you really want? Because sometimes you start on a path and as you learn more and get more information, you realize there are a lot of other things that matter to you. Yes. And so your priorities shift and it takes longer because you started to investigate, you learned more as you went forward. And then you're you're steering yourself in different directions the more you learn it's that's a natural thing on the timing piece of it there's so many other factors that that play into that so for example uh and people always think it's going to take far less time than it will to land in the next place um i've had people come to me who will say well, it's been 2 months since I got laid off and I am I am nowhere near, you know, my next yeah. job. And yeah. I'm thinking 2 months is nothing depending nothing. on, you know, especially if you were a VP or even a senior director or director level person, you've got to figure that if you're going after, you know, a, a, a mid-manager senior level management role, depending on the industry you're in, you got to give it some time. Yes. And what I always say to people is, look, if you just want to go out and get a job, or we, as we say, a J-O-B,
1: yes.
0: go get a job. But if you really want to find a life, you're trying to get a life for yourself, yes. that's going to take time. And that's the difference. So if all you need is a job, go get a job. You can get a job today. That's not, that's not an issue. But if you're really going to be impatient about it, then then what are we're we're done, (laughs) right? No, we're done. Yeah. But if you really want the life you want, then then you have to be patient with the process and put yourself through some paces to get there. Yes, that's uh, that's what it takes. Yeah. And you know, some people it could take. I hate to say it, it could take a couple of years, depending depending on what you're looking for and you know what your criteria are the higher up you are in an organization the yes. fewer jobs are available yes
1: yes and i and i know so many people who've taken at least a year to year and a half two years to get to the next place but having been patient having yeah. done the work having taken those extra classes like And managing the mindset. Cause I think, you know, I've seen those people go on the emotional roller coaster of like hopeful, hopeful things are looking good and then crash and back on again. Yeah.
0: Well, and that happens, that happens quite a bit, you know, where you get pretty far along in the process, you get very invested, you think you've made it. Yeah. And then, and then they say, oh, we're going in a different direction or we've decided not to hire in this role. Because the more they have these conversations, the more the employer, starts to rethink what they think they need. And so then you feel all used up as if you were just, you know, their litmus test or something. Totally, And it's, it's, it really is, it can really take a lot out of a person to go through all of that. I, I, you know, I understand that. Um, But the people who end up going through that are often people who've also been in a position to hire other people in the past so you have to remember what it's like sitting on the other side of the table yeah, um, and just realize it's not personal yeah. and you've got to just keep going forward and don't assume just because you've been asked back four times, don't assume that you've, that you've got it made because disappointments happen all the time and yeah. decisions are made by human beings. They're all human. And there's no good explanation sometimes why a certain decision is made, but you don't want somebody um, who's going to be that fickle deciding to hire you and then feel kind of funny about it three weeks later. Absolutely.
1: Or they might terminate the position like three months in or something. No, you're right. That happens too. I've seen that happen. Yeah. 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 I think it takes a lot of patience and also Maybe, you know, this is where you talk about networking the book and having your people or having that coach to support you through because it is, it can be really truly, I, like I said, I've known so many people who are on that emotional roller coaster until they finally got off.
0: <laughs> and, right. Yeah. Well, and, and even then, you know, I think in, in this day and age, it's not the same, you know, I, I always say, this isn't your parents' job market, you know, That's where, right. you know, I mean, my father was in the same job for you know a little over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he was a school psychologist. He he had he had pretty solid job security. Um, and but I think that a lot of us grew up with that as a model, that kind True. of job security. I don't think that exists today in the same way, even in certain jobs that we thought would be secure. True. Um and so I don't say that to be negative or to be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a Debbie Downer or whatever. But I say it because I really want to encourage people to really realize they are in charge of their own careers, no matter what. And um, and it's important to, to to really realize that regardless of who employs you, you are still in charge of your own destiny. And not to think, oh, I've landed. Now I can, you know, now I can relax. Okay, relax a little bit, but that's the point about networking. You don't let your network go once you've landed somewhere. And in fact, you need to continue to keep having conversations with people and stay in touch with people and keep that network robust. Maybe not in the same way you did as you were looking for the next thing, but. You know, you should always be keeping your eyes and ears open to see what's going on out there. And there may be something else around the corner. You know, again, you don't want to be so distracted by it that you're not, you're not giving your all to where you are at the moment. But it's it's a mistake to really let your network kind of lay dormant when you land somewhere. And and people do it all the time. And it's a huge mistake, huge.
1: I I appreciate you sharing that. I think people need to be realistic. And also you're saying be your own advocate and Mm -hmm. be in charge of your career path. Mm -hmm. It it isn't, like you said, the way it was for our parents or even a lot of us, although many of us chose maybe after 10 or 12 years to jump and go a different direction, but it's Mm -hmm. a totally different landscape and you have to keep apprised of what's happening and take care of yourself. Yeah. Passion versus purpose. You talk in the book about not necessarily following the path of what you're good at if you don't enjoy it, but I'm always curious where somebody kind of thinks how somebody thinks about the passion versus purpose and yeah. in this quest to finding meaning yeah. and fulfilling yeah. work. What are your yeah. thoughts?
0: Well, I'm, I'm probably, well, I, I think the word passion, I mean, I, I think it's great if you are passionate about what you do. But I think when we start talking to people about, you know, find your passion, find your dream job, um, I think we're, we're setting the bar. It's not even too high. I think it's unrealistic. It's like looking for perfection. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it, what it means to find your dream job. I know what it means more to find something that really is satisfying and meaningful. And yet I know that that could change in five or 10 years. So it's when we start talking in absolutes and ideals, I think we're we're trying to reach for something that might be unattainable. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, I don't like to talk in big flowery words in that way. Yes. Um, and And yet with purpose, purpose feels more grounded to me. It feels like, you know, even though, You know, I actually have a questionnaire I ask client, I have a a questionnaire for new clients. And one of the questions is, do you know what your life purpose is? What is it? And some people say, no, I don't know what my life purpose is. (laughs) And other people, you know, do answer that question. But I always think it's interesting just to ask people the question. And, um, you know, I I think of purpose as being more centered around what's your why, why Why are you looking for a job right now? What's important to you that you want this type of work or what, you know, to get some clarity around what is it that you're really trying to accomplish here? It's not just about the work itself. You want to earn a living or you want to make a difference in some way. Yeah. Um, You know, that there's something beyond the actual act of working. That you're trying to have an impact in some way. It might be, you know, for some people, it might be I want to take really good care of my family, or I, you know, maybe it is that you want to, you know, have an impact on world peace. That that's lofty, but maybe that is. I think though that um, if you have some clarity around what you're doing or what you're aiming for as being purposeful in some way. That gives you an anchor to hold on to. And when you have that in your sights, it helps you to make better decisions around what you're going to do and what direction you're going to go in. So it's not that having a purpose, that you have one purpose, but you can also look at things through the lens of what's going to make me feel like I'm doing this on purpose Mm. and that I can answer that question. Why am I doing this? So beautiful. Uh, You've shared so many great
1: tips and strategies for people to play with, to start thinking about, you know, getting quiet, uh, you know, really getting curious about yourself and taking control of your career and really knowing that we're in a different, very different landscape. And I'm so grateful for you to take the time today. Congrats again on your Book work from the inside out breakthrough nine common obstacles and design a career that fulfills you this is congrats on that um where can people learn more about you tammy your book where do i direct them
0: they can go to www.workfromtheinsideout.com to find out more about the book or they can also go to my website Tammy Guler Loeb.com. It's probably easier to go to work from the They will basically end up in the same place. <laughs> but um, but I don't expect people to spell Tammy Gooler Loeb. So workfromtheinsideout.com is a good place to start because you can find out more about the book and you can navigate from there and and uh tool around the website as well.
1: Awesome. And any social places you like to hang out for people to connect online? Yes.
0: Um, And all of it is, you know, an at Tammy Guler Loeb kind of thing. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Twitter. Okay, great. And all of
1: this will be available on the show notes page at thegoodlifecoach.com. So you can always head over there and all the links will be accessible to you. Tammy, thank you for being here today. Always such a pleasure connecting with you.
0: Thank you so much, Michelle. This was wonderful. You have asked the best questions.
1: Oh, thank you. That's such a compliment coming from you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you, to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into,